This is episode number 526 with New York Times bestselling author, Dr. Shafali. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Wayne Dyer said it best when he said, your children are not your children. They come through you, but they are life itself wanting to express itself. I was literally on the edge of my seat listening to and enthralled by Dr. Shafali and what she was sharing with me, the wisdom, the insights of so much I learned about myself. Uh, We go deep in today. And for those that don't know who Dr. Shafali is, Oprah has endorsed her work as revolutionary and life-changing. Dr. Shafali's groundbreaking approach to parenting has taken her books to the top of the New York Times bestseller list. Her blend of clinical psychology and Eastern mindfulness sets her apart as a leader in the field of mindfulness psychology. And as an international speaker, she speaks at events around the globe, spreading her message of conscious parenting and mindful living. She also has a private practice where she consults with families and couples. And boy, did we go into it. We talk about the mental illness running through so many parents in our society. The question every person should ask themselves before choosing to become a parent. Why we need to think of children as coming through us instead of us creating them. If there is a way to parent the right way, what is it so that your kid isn't messed up? What the role of fear in parenting is and how we can heal ourselves from the trauma of our parents and also so many more things. Guys, this blew me away. And uh, make sure to screenshot this right now. Share it with your friends over on Instagram story. Tag me, lewishouse.com slash 526 because it's about to get real. And uh, my mind was blown. And before we dive in, I want to give a shout out to the fan of the week who left a review over on iTunes. This is from Ada who says, Wooey. A true display of great minds and ideas coming together. These interviews and insights will catapult you to a new heightened level of your true, unique greatness. So many tangible tools to implement into your life and business, etc. that will yield you results. You cannot afford to miss these and give yourself this gift today. Thank you, Lewis, for orchestrating this platform. Bravo. Thank you so much, Ada, for being the fan and the review of the week. And if this is your first time tuning in and you like this, make sure to leave a review over at iTunes and type in School of Greatness and let us know for your chance to be considered as the fan of the week. And a big shout out and thank you to ZipRecruiter. Now, I get so many entrepreneurs that ask me, Lewis, how do you build the right team? How do you find the right people on your team to help you grow, scale, take things off your plate that don't support you? Well, make sure to check out ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. With ZipRecruiter, you can now post your job to 100 plus job sites with just one click. And then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get qualified candidates in just 24 hours. So you don't have to go back and forth over email, checking people's references. You get it all in one place. And right now you can post jobs at ZipRecruiter for free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com greatness. 
Again, you can post jobs right now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. And also a big thank you to our sponsor, Lyft. If you're looking to earn extra cash on the side while you're building your business or you're looking for that side hustle, make sure to check out lyft.com slash greatness. You can earn hundreds of dollars a week plus tips. And if you want to make more money, you just drive more. It's never been easier to give yourself a raise. Lyft was the first rideshare platform with tipping built right into the app because getting tipped shouldn't depend on your passenger having a crumpled bill in their pocket. You get to keep 100% of these tips and they add up fast and drivers have been paid over $200 million since the feature was first introduced. Also, Express Pay lets you get paid almost instantly instead of waiting for weeks. So join the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Go to lyft.com slash greatness and get a $500 new driver bonus. Again, limited time only and terms apply. That's lyft.com slash greatness. All right, get ready for your minds to be blown right away as we dive into this one with the one, the only, Dr. Shafali. Welcome back, everyone, to the School of Greatness podcast. We have the legendary Dr. Shafali in the house. Thank you so much for being Thank here. Thank you. So excited. Very excited. Uh, well, I've been introduced to you many times by dozens of people to have you on, so I'm very glad that we finally got you in the studio. And um, you've been doing a lot of work with parents and their kids for a long time. Is that right? Yes. Yes. And it's not so much because I'm you know, in love with parents particularly, it's because I realize how important those first years are. Mm. And as a therapist, I have been working with mostly adults. But then I would notice that no matter who the adult is, we inevitably spend all our time on their childhood. So then I figured if I want to make a difference in this world, and I always knew I wanted to write, then I need to go to the core of the issue. And the core of the issue is not the child. It's the parental unconscious. Mm. So if I can help the parent discover how unconscious they are and shed light on how messed up they are and then help them to evolve into their highest self and really raise the parent, because all these parents haven't been raised well. You know, they were raised unconsciously. So if I could help them raise themselves, then we have a hope for them to not mess up their kids so much. So you're like the parent whisperer. Well, kind of. You're like... Parents are like dogs, and you're teaching them, right? You're, you're saying <laughs> that. I, I didn't say that. <laughs> you're, like, you're like training them to like be the leader of the pack or something, right? You're like the- well, well, just, just just to become conscious of how mm. unconscious they are, and this is serious. You know, yeah, the first ten years, of course, of a kid's life. That's it. Then you've irrevocably you've damaged them. them. <laughs> yes, that's it. So if you can get the first ten years, you know, somewhat right, uh-huh. and if I can help parents to somewhat course correct after the first two years that they've already messed up, then we have some hope, you know, to create or to help create a future for their children that's whole mm. and wholesome. Is there any parents that you, that actually can do it right? Is there a way to do it right so your kids aren't messed up? Or are we all messed up no matter how much love we receive, how much attention we get, or how much people care about us? If our parents missed one game, do we hold on to that as kids that like they didn't care about us no matter how hard they tried? Well, it's not about perfection and it's not about not messing up. So that's not the point. Got it. The point is to become curious about how the mess up teaches us how to become more evolved, how to become more authentic. Every parent will mess up. 
it's it's just an irrevocable uh, truth of life uh-huh. you know how can you not so be- <laughs> we're here to discover yeah. how to become more conscious the only way to discover how to become more conscious is to see the unconsciousness so what i really help parents do is penetrate their unconsciousness mm. and and transform that into consciousness got it so it's not about avoiding unconsciousness it's about living your most authentic truth seeing the mess up and the chaos and w- walking on the landmines to then evolve. Right. And you grew up in India and you moved here when you were 21, is that right? Mm-hmm. Or in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. And what's the different culture like from India? I've been to India, but what's it like having parents? What's, I guess, the general theme of parenting there versus here in the U.S. or in the North America? Well, the, the, it's different on so many layers, but it's becoming uniform because the Western model seems to have overtaken the world, right? So there's a Starbucks and a McDonald's everywhere. So, so, so with parenting and so with cultural ideations. But I think if you go deeper, the differences are really about how the East looks at the self and how the West looks at the self. And that's why my work integrates the Eastern and the Western perspective, because I grew up in the East, which has such a different ideology around what the self is, right? Influenced by Hinduism and Buddhism. And then the West has this very uh, iconoclastic, individualistic, doing, achievement-oriented ideation of the self. And both have it their place, but they both need to be integrated to create the whole self. So that's what I really try to do with my clients and in my work is, yeah, we need to do and we need to strive in a Western sort of way. But if you're not going to underpin that with a deep philosophical Eastern understanding of impermanence and mm-hmm. transience and acceptance, and acceptance and, yeah. of the as is, <laughs> then you're going to screw it up. So to do both is mm. really to have the dove fly, you know. Ooh. The doves fly. Is that Prince? <laughs> I just stole. Yes. Just, just plagiarized, yes. <laughs> is that Prince though, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, is it possible to raise kids without fighting with them? Without fighting with them? Yes. Well, the fight, you know, we can fight with people without ostensibly fighting, you know. Mm-hmm. The battle doesn't have to be in Screaming arms. and yelling yeah. and... Physical. Yeah, so what the real battle between a parent and child, which is more insidious than a yell and a fight that's clear, Mm -hmm. is the battle of egos. Is the battle of my way versus your way. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm right, you're wrong. I'm the hierarchy. Exactly. And that's the, the toxicity of this paradigm, which I'm trying to shift. Because the traditional paradigm was I'm greater than, I'm the authority. And I'm the you, teacher, you're the student. Absolutely. And you are here to, to do unto my command. And why did I have you, if not that, <laughs> right? Well, I didn't raise you to, be, to, to question me and wow. to defy me. No, I only have had you. Of course, I won't admit this to the world because I'm going to pretend like I'm here to raise a spirit. But really, the reason why I had you was just to follow me. So I can finally feel full and complete because my parents never made me feel that. But I'll have you and you'll be my minion of sorts. I won't admit this to anyone. Mm. But, you know. Or I just forgot to wear protection and. Right, right. And then you're definitely going to be my minion because I made a mistake. I didn't even think about it. So now you've come to like mess up my life. You better like do it my way and make me feel so good about myself so I can tell all my friends. And and you need to be the idealized version of everything I was never. 
right? That's why I'm oh, having pressure you. on kids, huh? Yeah, but that's 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 what it is. That's what the the prevailing and uh, pervasive parenting model is. And this is the toxicity in our culture. This is the mental illness because it's all separatist, right? So what we're seeing in the mm. world today, the separation between right wing and left wing or different cultures or different colors mm. stems from this toxicity in the parent-child dynamic. That's why I do the work I do because this is the core. You understand? This is mm. it. This is where it starts. Mm. Where the parent tells the other, you are not me. I cannot learn from you. You're separate from me. You will follow me. So what does that lead the child to do when the child goes out in the world? The same attitude of dogmatism and separation, authority and hierarchy, right? This is what's right. This is what's wrong. And I'm going to take this belief into the world. Right. It's not oneness. The parent and child are not one. So what I try to do is shift the parent to understand that the child, if anything, is your teacher. And not in a, in a subservient way where you're giving up all charge because that's what parents, you know, they can't stand. But it's truly to unionize the dynamic. Because when the child feels that they have come into this world with authority and sovereignty, then they will honor the authority and sovereignty of others, right? Mm. But if their authority is not tolerated, why should they tolerate the authority of others? Right. So this is where it starts. Mm. How, what's the, the perfect approach to being a parent? You've... You just had a child, came home from the hospital or wherever you had the child from, and the child is developing in its first few years. How should you raise a child before it's able to verbally communicate? Yeah. How do you raise a child to set yourself up and the child up right. for the best, right. mar most harmonious relationship? Right. Well, ideally, since you're talking idealistically, yes. before you have a child, okay, let's hear it. you need to A, really think of your motivation to have a child because we don't mm. think it through. We think this is how a family should be and this is your right number time, five on your checklist. Yeah, yes. right? Especially for a woman. <laughs> or it's, yeah, I'm getting older. Yeah. I've got to do it now. Completely. And I'll be scorned or looked, at, look, looked on as selfish, especially a woman. So she has a lot of pressure. So she's already motivated by the wrong reasons fear. or by the deluded reasons, by fear. Yeah. Right? She's not motivated by the ultimate reason which if really she was motivated by, she may not have a child. The ultimate reason is, can I be so evolved in my own self that I truly feel I can guide the spirit to evolve into their true self? Wow. So if she truly answered that, honestly, she would not There'll have be a no child. Kids in the world. Which wouldn't be a bad thing for a while. Wouldn't right. you think? A pause. Yeah. Yeah. Just a breather. Let the earth just breathe. Let the world gain consciousness, yes. awareness. Before we, and why, why are we continuing to do it wrong? Mm. We're all just doing it wrong. Why don't we just take a pause? It, it isn't a terrible idea. Mm. Get it right. Align yourself with consciousness. And then start again. But no, we're so egoically obsessed. We're like, no, I have to have my kid. Because I have to leave my legacy of disease and mental illness. I must and leave and my particular and, stamp yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. Because that's what and we're unworthiness doing. Unworthiness. And, yeah. Why not? Why not? I'm I unworthy, leave... so I'll create the same thing in someone else. <laughs> mine is a special kind of unworthiness. Right. You know? No it's one a, else understands yeah, me. Yeah, this, this particular kind of, kind <laughs> of <special>. self-flagellation <laughs> right. that I, I'm an expert at. Yeah. You know, so no, I think ideally we should all take a pause wow. for a couple generations become conscious human beings and then really mindfully think as a community if the community is ready for another child. You know, this should not be an individualistic en enterprise anymore. You know, children growing up in nuclear families is also part of the disease. You know, you're, you're putting so much pressure on two fragile, if they're two, 
one fragile human being. It's too much strain. You know, we've lost the whole collectivist mentality of raising children in a village. You know, mm. Hillary Clinton got it right. It does take a village, and we've lost that. So when you ask me what's different about Eastern and Western, that's another way the East is different. There is a more more communal orientation raising. and the raising of a child. It's yeah. more in a joint system. It's more kin, kinship, kindred. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and then you come here to the West. You know, my girlfriends in the East, they're appalled at how much pressure I go, have in the West. I don't have any help. Not right. extended like family. Isolated. It's isolated. Like, too no one much else pressure. can touch my baby. They're going to so get no sick. So no one's going to touch my baby. So my baby gets all my crap. There's no hope that, that my, there'll be mediation from anyone right. to help. Right? And no other perspectives. No other perspectives. Yeah. No multitude of roles and influences. And not only is the illness passed on, but the parent breaks under that. So not only does the child suffer, but the parent is truly suffering in the West because the pressure mm. is too much. So much pressure. Yes. There's no family around if they're leaving home or whatever. And then with the divorce rate, I don't even know. Is it more than 50% now? Is it? Well, it's close, yes. So imagine, like you know, like the analogy that many people give is that you won't get on a plane ride if there was a 50% chance of survival. Cra yeah. <laughs> Crashing? Right. Hell no. Right. That's one of the things so, I'm afraid of getting married for, right? Yeah, you should question. You should yeah. question these institutions. So I think my book and my work is not about putting more pressure on parents. Mm. It actually liberates parents to penetrate the deluded ideations we're living under. You know, the whole idea of success that we put on children. Mm -hmm. It's deluded. The pressure. The pressure to achieve. It comes from fear and lack. So when I teach parents that you're just operating out of fear and lack because you're not complete, you want something to post on Facebook, you need a medal because you never got it, or you need to prove it to your parents that you're still a good person, and you're using your children, once parents get it in an epiphany, then they release their children of it, and now they have less anxiety. When I teach them about the superficiality of grades mm. and how grades are just a, a hair's breadth of the whole potential, yeah. now I've released the parent from pressure. Now they can truly connect with who it is their child is. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, parenting is all about pressure, pressure, pressure. Right. So the connection is coming undone, and if the child is not connected to, they grow up wandering the earth, yeah. addicted and searching. Yeah. So, okay, we first have, in an ideal world, we first ask ourselves if we should have the baby. Right. If we are aware, conscious, We most likely to, would not, but say... Right, right. Right. But say we've done the work. Okay. And we're like, all right, I'm not perfect, but I'm aware. Okay, And Good. I've Good. processed a lot of my Good. past hurts. Good. The suffering I've been through. I've forgiven everyone in my past, and most importantly, I've forgiven myself for all the things I've done, and I'm aware. I meditate. I've got my routines. I yeah. still get crazy every now and then, yeah. but I'm pretty conscious, right? Yeah. Okay. Then I have a baby. I decide to have the baby. Now, what's the first two years like? How, yeah. how should I set up my life and structure this relationship with my child in the early stage? Yeah. Then you prepare yourself to encounter one of the most profound relationships of your life where you will be tested at the most highest level of spiritual lessons ever, which is now this being came from you, mm -hmm. but you'll be tested that it's they, not yours. Really? What do you mean? They, come, they came through you, but it's not yours. So you'll be tested in not possessing another being, even though it's yours. Even though you created it, but its own 
It owns itself, is what you're saying. Yes. You don't have ownership over a yes, human being. Yes, you barely created it too. But say say it came right. through you and you did something. You, yes. You have to now release that. Ownership. Ownership. Because now you have to pay homage wow. to the fact that this is a being that actually you called into your life for you to grow from. So you reverse everything. So right? it's not growing from you. Right. You're growing from it. Right. If you want to do it the right way. So it's a it's you're creating a being that is now going to be your greatest teacher. Yes. You didn't create it though. You have okay. to. Okay. <laughs> it's coming through you. Sorry for the language. Because what's the, the language? Because parents think they created it. Okay. What's this the is language? The Give, in, in, the, you call this being me. into your life. You called this being in your life and <laughs> it came from you. It yes. came from your being. Okay. Yes. But you didn't create this being. Well, because if you think you created it, there's a problem there. Uh, you're not a parent, so you don't see the side of crazy, yes. but you have to see parents no, yeah, to know how me. crazy oh, they are. I have two crazy parents, so right. I mean, I'm They pretty think mess. they created you, and that's <laughs> right. why they did all sorts of things to you. They uh, brainwashed you, and they took right, over right. your life because they think they created you. That's mm. the problem. Mm. And I'm trying to burst this ideology. You didn't. I tell parents, no, you didn't create anyone. Like, if you created a being, you should be curing cancer. Like, if you were that phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You're not. This is just the process of You're life. Had, you had birth. Being you done birth. to you. Okay. And you call this being into your life as a way of saying that you had some ownership or some partnership with who you call. Because the minute the child doesn't turn out who they want, they're like, where did this child come from? I'm like, no, you call this child <laughs> to learn lessons. Every relationship in our life is called for the higher and the more sacred purpose of evolving. No more so profound as the one with your child. Mm. So now, but because it's an infant and infantile and dependent on you, it activates the ego, you see, of the parent. This is the spiritual test. So as it's activating the ego, where you now get this, you know, unremitting love that you've never received before, right? This child looks at you with adoring gaze. It's a trip for the parent. Yeah. It's a huge ego trip. Of course. But this is the spiritual test that I challenge parents with. Like you're watching your ego rise, but at the same time, it's the, you know, like you can drive in New York, you can drive anywhere. Here, it's like your ego is going to rise like never before. And this is the place where you're tested to release the ego. Mm. Right now, when you learn the art of the of the doing, this is where the East and West come so beautifully in this journey together. You have to do for the kid. You have to do. You have to wake up. You have to feed. You have to change. You have clean to clean. You have to earn money. You have to pay for the baby. It's a yeah. lot, right? Yes. So the doing is in full mode like never before. Yet, the infant specifically at that age asks you to be with it in this silent non-verbal, communion way, like no one else will. So here you're juxtaposed with the doing and the being. And these are the lessons of a spiritually conscious and awakened life, right? How do we do this podcast right now in the doing of it, but yet we have to connect and we have to Mm -hmm. be and we have to be present, right? So this is what children teach us. Yes, mommy and daddy, do for me and protect me and send me to the greatest school, but if you're not with me in the present moment, then you've missed the whole boat. And that's when I'm going to scream and yes. get your attention yes. and punch you yeah. and yes. lash out. So it's out. a spiritual training. This is the yes. one of the greatest spiritual trainings we can ever I, have. I can only imagine. Because with another adult, if you're in a partnership with your spouse or your partner, mm-hmm. the, the ego doesn't roar with possession. So you're not mm-hmm. tested like that because your partner's already told you, hey, you, you don't really possess me. Yeah. Don't try. Yeah. You may try, but you, you can't get away with it. Mm-hmm. But with the infant, the ego will roar. I, I own, this. I created it, yeah. right? So this is the spiritual test, which is the most profound. Mm. And if you can pass it, then you release 
it in all other areas of your life. If you can do it with your kid and release your child and know that your child is a sovereign being and, and you've participated in that and they've helped you become more a sovereign being and you're just guiding each other, a mm. child, and you can see that you're, you're just guiding them, nothing more, ushering them, then you release your ego in, in most everything else. Wow. So wow. th in this way, the, the parent-child relationship becomes the spiritually regenerative relationship of your life. The one where you awaken. Mm, that's what it should be. It should be. Okay. <laughs> Why, um, what is the role of fear in parenting? Because I feel like there's a lot of fear with Omnipresent. parents. Omnipresent. It is, it is the role greater than anything else. Why are parents so afraid? Because they enter it with lack and they enter it incomplete. And now the child becomes the, the bedpost for who it is they are. So if the child messes up, it's like now I'm really messed up. Like now I've lost all hope. <laughs> I mess up and my kid is messed up. And my kid is now, now is, and nothing. the mirror is so clear, right? So we're using the children to fulfill us. Therefore the child, there's a lot at stake here. Mm. It's not a and joke. If, and if they let them, their parents down, they let themselves down, they don't achieve, they let their parents down and yes. then it's just like it's they want to have that acceptance. Breakdown. They want to yes. have that acknowledgement. Yes. And I, I feel like the thing we long for the most, at least as a grown child, because I feel like we're all just kids, is acknowledgement. Yes. And to be seen for who it is you are, not who it is I want you to be. Exactly. The reason I do my podcast, Sitting Across from Someone, is because everyone else does shows sitting side by side. Mm -hmm. And you can get away from the eyes. Mm -hmm. For me, I want to connect and mm -hmm. be mm -hmm. present. Yeah, it's a different listen, energy, isn't it's it? It's a different energy right. than just being next to someone and being talking like this. And right. once in a while, I'll pay attention to you. Right. But I'm going to go back over here because it's more comfortable. Right, right. But really seeing someone and being right. present with someone, right. I feel like is challenging. Right. right. You have to show up. To, to practice. You have to be here fully. <laughs> you have to be yes. fully raw. Yes. Yes. And um, I remember feeling like, you know, as a kid, like just never being seen. You know, I was the youngest of four. I had two parents. They were working three jobs, like constantly trying to provide. They probably shouldn't have had it, you know, right, right. us. They were like 19 or whatever when right. they had my first kid. And I remember just like, all I wanted was acknowledgement. And I remember, I think a lot of kids feel that way. It's like, we just want acknowledgement just want to be seen mm -hmm. it's probably why we do a lot of things as adults right. for acknowledgement to be right. seen so even the parent who's taking care like you were uh -huh. clothed and fed uh -huh. so the uh -huh. parent is thinking i've done my I've bit. done my job right but it's not about the doing that's why every kid will tell you i don't care that you kind of send me to the head or, or you send me food. to the fanciest fanciest schools school. yeah and you had a yacht that that's you went, your, what you that's wanted what you for me. wanted yeah because ultimately all i wanted was to know that i was being seen mm. for who it is i am not to fit into your agenda and your image of a good life. And we use our children, you know, to fit into our idea. So they never get seen. To look good on our Instagram page, to right. so then wait, talk about so, to our friends. Exactly. So now they're going to have kids because they need to be seen. You see, this is why we keep having kids in the unconscious way. Mm. Waiting to be seen. I know, it's this so dismal. <laughs> but it's Let's the truth, just, you know. Let's just end the human race right now. No more babies. No. Well, well, babies, but babies, you know, it's the most sacred thing you can do. So yeah. better think about it. Not creating know? life, but calling life yes. through you. Yes. Is that what I'm yes. supposed to say? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and it's not, a, it's not a joke, you know. You can't take it lightly. I'm not, I'm not trying to make it a joke. Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying to make sure that I don't say creating because no, no, we're right. not creating. Yeah. I mean, it's the most sacred thing in the world is bringing life in the world, yes, right? Yes, And yet we take it for granted, I think, sometimes. Yes, yes. I mean, my one of my best friends just had a baby two weeks ago. And it was, I was one of the first people to, to see his daughter. 
and in the hospital, I was just moved to tears by the like mm-hmm. by the calling forth mm-hmm. of this being. Yeah, and it was so powerful, and yet I was also like worried for him at the same time because I was like, I want to make sure you guys are set up in a conscious way. Yes, for everything moving forward. Yes, and so I think it. People need to be conscious about this. Because, and you also open yourself up to the magnificence of this unknown thing called the universe. And you've put your hands and you've surrendered to this, this force. And to recognize that you are partnering with a force, right? Then it creates humility in you. So you're not this overarching ruler and monarch over your child. No, you didn't create this. It's coming through with this force energy. So commune with that force and pay homage to it in every age and stage of your child's life. Yeah, yeah. If you're a parent, what's the ideal thing that you should think of first thing you wake up in the morning in regards to the relationship you want to have or the way of being you want to be with that child or children? Is there something you should think Mm -hmm. about, a process, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. an awareness, whether it be first thing in the morning or throughout the day or whenever, but what's the thing every single day that a parent should ask themselves and be aware of? I think the question they could ask themselves is, am I connected to myself today? Am I feeling whole today? Where are my missing pieces today? Because whatever's missing within us, within 10 minutes of our child waking up, we're going to dump it on them. Wow. Yeah. Every time I see something wrong in what my child is doing, it's because I'm feeling wronged in my own life or that I'm not good enough. So when I'm not feeling good enough, I see everything wrong in my child. But I'm coming from a superfluous sense of, you know, gratitude and wellness, suddenly they can do no wrong, right? It's projection. Yeah. Same thing with relationships, Absolutely. intimate relationships, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Exactly. When we're feeling insecure about mm-hmm. what we're creating, we're putting mm-hmm. that on someone mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and this parent-child stuff. relationship, there's no break, you know, for the first seven, eight, ten years. Oh, you mean a baby can't just sustain itself and just be on its own? <laughs> just get an apartment? <laughs> <laughs> Not entirely. So, so you know, it's like such a deep marriage. Like with your partners, you so can take deep. a break. You can yes. have a cigarette whenever you want, go for a glass of wine. No such thing with the child. You're just, you're there. You're fully there. So how do we remove the ego if the, as a parent yeah. and say, okay, baby, crying, screaming all day long or whatever, not doing right. what I wanted to do. Right. How do we remove the ego and come from this place of like love and yeah. being and yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's got to be so challenging with all the pressures that you're facing from your family or your yeah, parents or the grandparents' yeah. opinions and yeah. yes, yes, husband or right. You know, so first, wife. the way I define ego is not simply a narcissistic desire to empower to power over. Mm-hmm. The way I define the ego is that when we were young, we weren't seen for who it is we are. Correct. So as a result of that, we had to survive. Now, in order to survive, we had to contort and distort and pretzel ourselves into a version, into a version of who our parents wanted mm, us to be. To fit in just to that. fit in. Yeah. yeah just yeah. like survive. Please feed me. Take care of me. Like, <laughs> don't, don't be mad at me yeah, all day. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, it's the worst. Correct. Correct. Don't scream at me. Yes. What have I done? Right? <laughs> just be myself. I just woke up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or I just spilled milk. So the, the nucleus, the core of the authentic self is now being denied and is inv- increasingly invinci- invisible. So it needs an invincible shield to protect because there's now it's disintegrating. There's nothing inside. So it creates this false self. And I call the false self the ego. The ego was created to survive, but eventually will create suffocation. So we need to kill the ego. Now, how do we kill the ego? 
We first have to accept that it exists, recognize each time it comes up, love it for the service it's provided because it kept us surviving. Mm-hmm. But now so we funny. need to yeah. understand that its core came from fear. It, it was created because I was scared of being yelled at, mm-hmm. right? So I created some badass rebellion or I created some whimpering obedience. Whatever I created was false. It was created out of fear. Mm-hmm. So now when my child screams and I go back into that fear and then I develop my ego, whatever the ego is, either I become too genuflecting toward my child and subservient mm-hmm. and indulgent or I become badass rebellion thinking my child is my parent, but it isn't. I'm like acting <laughs> in ego. I'm acting in false self. So to recognize in those moments when it comes up and then to penetrate it, it takes a lot of introspection. Yeah. You need the help of someone at first to do this yeah. because you don't even know. You see the ego is your second skin. You don't even know you're walking around with it. Mm-hmm. So it takes someone from the outside to go, you're in fear. That's your ego. That's a mask. You're protecting something in you. It's not the truth. And as you release the ego, only through accepting the ego, you understand? It's mm, the counterintuitive. You can't Being just, aware of it yeah, first. Yeah, you can't just kill it. Then you emerge into your true self of connectivity and lack of fear. Right. And this is why children will teach us who to be, how to be who it is we are by showing us our ego. Mm. Every moment you'll be seeing your ego as a parent. If, if you're willing to see it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's fascinating you say this because, not to go too off track, but I, my new book is called The Mask of Masculinity. Wow. It's about the, the, the mask that men wear yes. that we're not even yes. aware of that yeah. hold us back from having all, uh, you know, vulnerable, loving relationships. And it starts when parents tell their boys, right? Exactly. Don't cry exactly. or don't be yeah. a girl. Don't be a girl. Don't be a pussy. Don't be whatever yeah. it is. Don't be a like, wimp. Suck it so up. So you, you begin to disconnect from your feelings. You put on masks. Right. And your authentic self gets hidden. That's it. Yeah. And, and then you all like... Yeah. And then it carries off yeah. through relationships, yeah. through parents parenting through all these things yeah and then your 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 the women in your life or other relationships tell you but you have to feel and you're like feel i stopped feeling a long time ago mm-hmm. yeah. and then when you're in sports it's even worse yeah <laughs> yeah and you have to be a certain way yeah you gotta be right? a warrior for men it's yeah. prescribed yeah. but for women it's prescribed too we have to be you know now it is even more pressure for women yes absolutely be great in the workforce mm-hmm. be great in a mm-hmm. bed be a great mother be mm-hmm. always look hot mm-hmm. you know all these things yeah the pressures of yeah. both men and women and both now self-perpetuate mm-hmm. right now it's self-perpetuating it's not even that the man is telling the woman any such thing the woman is doing it to herself and the, the man pressure is the woman is putting yeah, on now it's all right? inculcated it's why? so imbibed why why do women put so much pressure yes because it's something that we've, we've been trained to be good girls uh-huh. and we've been trained to be obedient. So whatever culture says is the way, we're going to be obedient to the way. Oh, now you want me to be a badass, uh, you know, entrepreneur? I'll be that. Oh, you want me to be skinny? I'll be that. Oh, you want me to have big boobs? I'll, I'll do that. We're just trained to be obsequious, subservient. We're such good girls. That's what needs to break in us. That's what we need to teach our girls. Be a bad girl. Well, not to be a bad girl or just think, question, pause, Mm. you know, have your own sovereign right. And mothers need to allow their daughters to do that and fathers too. But we mothers raising our daughters need to be the example where we question everything. You know, so I have a daughter and I try to raise her to question everything, marriage, sexuality, everything. What is beauty? Who is thin? Who is fat? Really? Do you really think you need to get a career? What kind of career? Everything. Mm -hmm. So at least she now doesn't just dogmatically believe she has to be obedient. Just because you believed it. Or culture says, or this man will tell you, you know, you're not skinny enough, or the man will tell you, go cook for me. Mm -hmm. No. And everything, pause and question. Yeah. How old is your daughter? 14. Oh, nice. 
Okay. Yeah. All the guys are coming after her right yeah, now. Yeah, and right? I can see, and I have to teach her about who men are and yeah. who boys are, and I yeah. feel bad. It's tough. Because it's kind of bad. It's tough. I have to tell her that the boys she's with may not know how to feel. And she'll be all in her feeling heart and thinking she's in her heart and, and thinking like, they're in their heart because they're trying to get something. And I have to teach her about the, the, the double agenda and who these boys are and feel compassion for them because they are trained to disconnect. And she's a girl looking to connect. So actually, boy and girl should not meet for a long time, for a long time till the man evolves. For a long time. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're a younger man who's evolved? Like I've got a nephew who's... In touch with his feelings. 13, I think. Yeah, 12 or 13. I never know they grew up so fast. But he is like the most intelligent, sensitive, loving, like giving. I'm just like, who are you? I do believe there's a new wave. He is like. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Right. right. Like his level of spirituality. Yes. 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 And awareness. Yes. And feeling and empathy. Yes. I'm just like, you're the ultimate boy. I think there's a new wave of consciousness coming. Yeah. But it's slow, and but but it is coming, because parents are waking up now to yes. a new way of being. Yes. So if we wake up, we'll do right by our boys and girls, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Wow, what do you think is the toughest age for parents to be able to be graceful and remove the ego yeah. uh, of their kids? How yeah, I think it is the teenage years yeah. because the while before you could still get away with uh, being a monarch. When you're a parent of a teenager, now it becomes clear. Like away. Now, yeah, now they your time escape. is up. So now you have to deeply sit with who it is you are, oh my right? Gosh. Without the identity of someone needing you. Like your child is now barefaced and bold-faced telling you, I am entering my own right and might. Now you better figure out what your life is because I may not need you anymore. Wow. And I don't want to need you. And you need to release me. And we parents don't want to release. Why is that? It's like suffocating. I don't know. For me, it's like I've been celebrating ever since my daughter began, you know, becoming autonomous. I'm like, sweet, cut the cord. I'm like, here, <laughs> take the scissor. So ready because I'm, I want her to launch. Mm. But parents don't want that because they're tied up in the identity of being needed. They've so invested in the identity of being a parent that they've forgotten who it is they are. Another egoic mask. Parenting becomes another mask, you see. It's a mask. It's a way to avoid who it is you truly are. And I keep teaching parents that if you don't go back to who it is you are, you will raise your child to have a false self. Gosh, my mind is being blown right now. What's the greatest lesson then you've faced in the last 14 years? Parenting. Just the... the personally, like a f- personal yeah, thing that you've Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. That's why I write the books I do. I write them really for, you know, to talk to myself, me right? Too. Yeah, to embed my own teachings. I open the book and I go, let me learn something. <laughs> because I think just the humility I've had at my own unconscious. And I've been meditating since I was 22 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was only five years ago, I know. But mm-hmm. um, it's yeah. it's been my life's mission. And yet the force and vigor of this unconsciousness mm. is so profound and it's my daily challenge. But I rise to it, you know, I'm excited by it. Yeah. I'm not ashamed when I see my unconsciousness. I'm ready for it. I'm not narcissistic to believe, oh, I'm above it. It's there every day. I, my voice becomes high-pitched, I become <laughs> shrill, I interfere almost every day, mm. right? Because each time I'm afraid, she's too entitled. Each time I'm afraid, she's too lazy. To disorganize, right? The, the, the plethora of fears are endless. I interfere. So then I watch it and then I have to release it. So each day I do and I'm just humbled by it, by how much there is to do. So really? much work. What do you think is the greatest lesson you still have yet to learn by being a parent? 
I think the absolute complete trust in their destiny. Like I have it, but I lose it. Yeah. I forget. You're questioning. You're like, I, oh, you I really like, want to do oh, that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are you so sure I can that's talk where you want to go? But when push comes to shove, Mm. And I see she's about to say yes to a boy uh, to go out on a little date. And I'm like, no. no. I'm like, no, don't learn that lesson on my time. You know, learn right. it when you're on your own. Like, mm. take it from me. So while I say I want her to learn her own lessons, then I also want to bypass them. Mm. It's hard. It's hard to see your child potentially go through pain. But don't we need to go through that? Absolutely. That's it. In order to learn, we've Absolutely. got to fail over and over and over it. again This to is achieve. the lesson. You just hit it. There's no to way you can have a safe, perfect child go life. through pain. This is it. They're this not going to be it. able to take on anything this in the world it. when they're an adult yes. Yes. if they don't experience, in my opinion, extreme discomfort. So this is the greatest lesson for parents, to let your child be rejected, let your child get the C grade, let your child come last in the race, and don't fix it. Gosh. Don't fix it. I'm so glad I was messed up as a kid. I know. Look how great you've become. Right? Yeah, because I mean, of it. No, really. I it's look made back you at resilient. it and I'm like, you know, it was the most challenging times. Yeah. Right? It was so scary and uncertain. And like, there were many moments where I was like, why am I even here? I would wow. say this when I get in trouble. I'm like, I don't mm. think I should be alive. Mm. Like, Because I just didn't even feel like accepted by anyone. And I feel like the trauma and the suffering. Now, listen, I, I'm a white male in America. So it's like people, I already hear people saying white male privilege. Like, you have nothing to complain about. Right. But we all have an inner world that we Absolutely. face that with our own demons. Absolutely. No matter how good it may look in the outer world, we all have an inner world that is uh, a challenge to overcome. And I just faced a big inner world, demons in the inner world, where it's just like, I just believe that I had to go through it in well, order to be able think, to do what I'm doing What do you now. think allowed you to convert the pain into power? Being aware and, and forgiveness. Yeah. Like ultimately forgiving all the things that happened yeah. to me, for me, whatever you mm -hmm. want to call it. And then letting, and then forgiving myself mm -hmm. because I was holding on to so much like resentment mm -hmm. and shame and mm -hmm. guilt and mm -hmm. all these things for myself and anger and mm -hmm. for everything, you mm -hmm. know, whatever. Every experience that built sure. up, just feeling like I hate the world or whatever, you know. So letting it go and actually coming from a place of gratitude and being like, wow, if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have learned this. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been so driven or I wouldn't have yeah. been so compassionate towards yeah. other people who have gone yeah. through similar things. Absolutely. And I wouldn't be so loving or understanding. Now, listen, I mess up all the time and I'm sure. constantly like my ego is being attacked all the right. time. But I feel like I'm very aware and grateful for everything. That's amazing. You know, how messed up my parents were, like yeah. everything. I'm so yeah. glad. Yeah, you didn't go under. You came through, you went through and came out. But I could have easily gone, you I know, know, to absolutely. prison or something, you know. Absolutely. So, um, so I think but, it's just having like the awareness to, enough to be like, okay, I need support. I need help. I yeah. need like yeah. to do the work yeah. for years and start to let go of these things and keep doing the work. I know. For some reason, you entered this life contract with them that. Somewhere you said to your own destiny, you know, kill my ego right away. Mm. Like, don't give me any false yeah. sense of comfort. Like, yeah. show me the unconsciousness in the world right away. I'm ready. Yeah. Because you were obviously ready. But let me tell you, Suck. there's no family. Do you understand? No, fam no human being that did not have an unconscious parent in some, right. to some degree. They had no choice, your parents. They yeah, were conditioned. They the best they could do with they what they were had. conditioned. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the illness was passed on as a legacy mm -hmm. from their parents and generations past. Mm -hmm. And culture, culture is sick. Culture is diseased in many ways. And we're, we're seeping our children's minds with 
you know, separation, fear, lack, the need to keep mm. on doing versus abundance, presence, quiet, gratitude. gratitude. Yeah. You are already complete, right? Anything extra you do, great to pay your rent and buy some makeup, but you don't have to use it to define who it is you are. But perversely today, all the doing is to define who it is you are. And they're two contradicting things. You cannot define who it is you are by a doing. The who you are is beyond doing, you see? It's formless. It's your essence. It's your divinity. So it runs con counter. So all these books on resilience and teaching your children to achieve and to have you know, power and plow through life, it's running counter to who it is they are. If our children came knowing who it is they are, we're taking them out of it mm. into the doing state of the mind, which is disconnected from who it is they are. We need to keep our kids who it is they are, the rest will follow. How do we keep them who they well, are? Well, that, that's it. That The preservation of that is the mandate of a conscious parent. Because when you, um, you know, treat your who it is you are with honor, because you found it, you won't mess with anyone else's who it is they are. Mm. You'll be like, I'm not messing with who it is you are. My daughter, you know, is contrary to my idea of, you know, who a child should be. Uh -huh. But it's who it, is, who it is she is. So do you accept her? So it's, it's my struggle, right? Because I have to let go of my ego. But, <laughs> but I know, driven woman but I know that I have to, I must. And she is different because I, I'm ready for this. Because why should she be the same of my fantasy? She is who, they come driven, purposeful, destined, knowing who it is they are. We take them out of it and then they have to return back to it. We make them wrong for who they are. Right. And we then they spend their whole life going back to it. No, you're not gay. Yeah. You're straight. Exactly. No, you're, you're Christian. You're right. not this. Right. You, you believe in this. You don't believe right. in that. Absolutely. Not only do we change who it is they are temperamentally, like why are you so bad? Or, why are you so clumsy? Like their nature, right? They're just mm -hmm. who they, they're just children. We then contaminate their mind with how to think, tell them who God is, what love is, who to love, how to love, how to be. Now we've taken them way off course because we've given them a prescription instead of them evolving into those things on their own. Discovering it Discovering themselves. it on their own. And now they have it, to undo that. You know how hard it is to undo? It's so hard. So hard. I mean, I feel like I've always questioned things though. Right. You know, so I'm glad you're saying this because I feel like I've always been like, no, I'm not going to be the guy that drinks alcohol just because all the other football guys right. are drinking. I was right. like, no, that doesn't serve me. No, I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this other thing. Right. I was like, eh, everyone's bullying someone else. Like, mm. let's go hang out with other people and like lift people up. Like, I don't need to do that. So I always question, even though it's the extent of me being alone. Mm -hmm. Like I was alone. Because yeah, there was, was a price to pay for it. Massive price yes. Yes. of isolation. Yeah. But I think it's the reason why I still do this show because I'm constantly seeking mm -hmm. what's a different belief? What's another angle? What's something maybe that doesn't fully support me right now mm -hmm. that I could shift a little bit? That would support me. And it's a constant learning process. Mm -hmm. That's why I call all my work the deconstructive process, right? Mm -hmm. You have to deconstruct in no greater journey than parenting because now mm -hmm. you're responsible for pro providing the template for another human being. You better get your stuff right. Yeah. right? Don't pretend you know something because you, haven't, you don't know it. You've just been yeah. uh, digesting somebody else's belief system. Have you deconstructed what is God? Who is God? What is religion? What is marriage? What is sexuality? What is empowerment? What is power? What is beauty? Have you really deconstructed? Right? So in all my workshops, I teach parents how to deconstruct.
because be careful what you put into that first foundational layer of your child's mind. It's very hard to undo. It's hard to undo, right? And don't give it, don't make it the child's burden to undo your perversions. Oh, sorry, I didn't know. You know, now I know. And the kid is like, yeah, but now I'm 40 years old suffering because you told me what was good and what was bad. Now you're telling me, oh, there isn't any good or bad because you've been following conscious parenting. Too late for me, mm-hmm. right? So Look at all the mistakes I've made because right? of you now. And I've <laughs> been shaming myself. Or so, even worse, it's like if you don't follow the beliefs, and I know I believe in Indian culture, it's like you're out of the family, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. from what I understand from my inner friends. If you don't follow like what the absolutely, parents want, absolutely. if you don't marry the person or whatever absolutely. it is. Absolutely. There's a, there's a strong patriarchy. Like you're not in, in the family. You're not in the family. You're wrong. Right. You're dead to mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And the shame and the guilt mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. kids must go through right. to feel like, okay, I just have to do this, otherwise. Right. And it's unspoken. You don't even have to speak it in families. Oh it's so conditioned. It's in the air you breathe. So right? it's funny then because this Eastern philosophy of like mm-hmm. consciousness, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's lacking then if that's the way. Oh no, it, is. it lacks a lot. Don't worry. Yes, right, yes, right, right. yes. Even yes, though it's yes, from yes. there, but it's like, oh no, oh, no, 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 it's like the worst almost. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, there is no worse or better. <laughs> right, it's right. The, I'm talking about the core of an Eastern mindset doesn't mean it's being manifested, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, only the, the true people who do the work. Yeah. Just because you're Indian or Chinese doesn't mean you're automatically a consummate, uh, you know, <laughs> right. understander of Buddhism, right? right you're not. Right. Or, or the, the real teachings of the mystics. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's just, it just came from there. Yeah. But now no one's following it. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely not. And my culture is famous of, you know, for patriarchy, hierarchy, dominance in the name of tradition. Or they will oust you and outcast you in a minute. Yeah. So you dare you shame to... me. No, so children don't shame their parents. So they follow the... They follow the, the way. Yeah. That's why I had to and leave. they never become themselves. No, well, not never. They, I mean, these are absolutes, but... Right, right. It's harder to... They don't look for themselves. There's, there's mm. no question. The, the self knows right when they're born or a few years in that the self belongs to the parent's idea. So they willingly give it up. I couldn't. That's why I had to leave. Mm, really? I couldn't, not, not for my parents, but for the culture. It's a yeah. cultural thing, you know. Yeah. Do you feel like your parents were supportive of you, or why did you get into this work in the first place? No, they were very supportive of me, but I was sickened by what I saw around me. So they were like, go, the do what you around. want, do who you want. like. But within limits, because they were indoctrinated in that culture too, but they were still better than most. But the culture is what the culture is. It's a deadly culture. It's everywhere. Well, I think every culture it's, is deadly in but some way, right? Yeah. So, the, But the Indian, because it's the we culture, it's already yes. communal, right? Which is beautiful if it was done right. But it's done only for the sake of the ego mm. of the we. Now, it's not the ego of the I. It's the ego of all of us. Mm-hmm. So you don't disappoint one parent. You disappoint the whole <laughs> the lineage. Whole, the, the last whole name. Line. Right? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. The pressure, the so weight. They just, so they didn't do community in the beauty of the way community used to be done. Right. Where kids now were, they're where doing parents it. Or kids, teenagers would have babies when they're like 16, 18, oh, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. But there was like a hundred family yes. members raising them. Yes. So it wasn't yes. so like that was pressure. a good part, but yes. the negative part, if it was done with the ego of all, then uh-huh. it's the ego of all. Right. <laughs> Gosh. So more pressure, right? You're, you're ruining the family name and the ancestral legacy, you know, and it's suffocating and, and it works for kids who are willing to give up them themselves. But for a kid like you and, and I, no, it will not work. It'll kill us. So we must leave. Then we'll be alone. Then we have to find ourselves, you know. This is an incredible journey. Yeah. What's a question that most parents have that they have the hardest challenge of answering for themselves? Will my kid be okay? Uh Right? Just the okayness. They suffer from this fear because they live with a morbid and pervasive sense of not okayness. 
every day of a parent's life, if they haven't done the work of consciousness, they're walking volcanoes of anxiety. Is that how you feel as a parent? Well, I've done a lot of work, so I've, I've released so much right, anxiety, right. right? I'm ready to die. Like, I could go out right now and die. It's okay. I've been working on death. Wow. So, if I'm, you know, I'm ready every, every day. It's complete. What if happens, something happens to your child? Have you accepted well, same that? Same thing. Yes, You've, absolutely. Okay. Have I have peace. to live with... Otherwise, you're living in anxiety and stress all day. You live in anxiety and stress when you think you can control death. When you understand that death is not in your control, therefore you live fully and release when death comes, then you don't live in anxiety and fear. You live in anxiety and fear because you have this narcissistic, grand, grandiose delusion that you can control death. And you haven't become one, you haven't made friends with death. But when you make friends with the ultimate, which is death, then you live fully in the moment. And when your child's destiny is ready to be complete in this life form, who, once you already understand who am I in this, like I'm just a speck, when your child got, you know, does end mm -hmm. life form, you release her mm. or him. Because we're only here to inhabit life form for a, a blink yeah. anyway. So this idea of permanence is a delusion. This idea of doing to create identity, a delusion. This idea of possessions being ours, children being ours, delusion. So when you penetrate these delusions, you have n not no anxiety, less anxiety. Mm -hmm. yeah. you're, you're freeing yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? Right how, now, if someone came and told you, the God came and told you, you're going to die right now. Uh -huh. Right? How ready are you to go? Come, go. I let's feel go. like, I mean, I don't want to die right now because I feel like I haven't done everything I want to do, but I feel like I've attacked life fully and gone after everything I could up in this moment. Correct. Like without regrets right. of being like, oh, I wish I would have tried that. I wish I would have right. gone after that. I so wish I would have been so scared. With the, with the resources yes. you had, you lived fully. I have, yeah. Right now, Everyone will say, I haven't yet done the yeah. 10,000 things because mm -hmm. this is the nature of life. You yeah. will never be done. Right. You will never ever be done. So instead of having that as your reason to move forward, you just have, uh, the way I look at it is, with the resources I had, did I try to live as fully? Mm -hmm. And now yeah. that's it. Because yeah. there'll always be more. There's always more. Yeah. Right? No. So I feel, I mean, I feel okay. I feel like if I was like, would I regret being dead right now that I didn't do something? No. See, that's it. So you're living your life each day asking, am I living as complete as yes. I can yes. possibly? Yes. And again, it, not to measure it in what did I not do, but how am I being? Mm -hmm. Right? Changing mm -hmm. the question to not a doing question to a, am I fully being myself? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so that's how you became close or okay with death by kind of asking yourself this process or going through the process. Well, or? just understanding the nature of life, that it's impermanent. Yeah. Right, so to cling on to anything is to to suffer. Mm -hmm. So if I want to suffer, I keep clinging. If I want to stop suffering, I stop clinging. When did you, what's the area of your life you suffered the most? That I have suffered the most? Mm -hmm. um, I think just trying to, for me, on a very, you're asking me personally. Yes. Yeah. For you. The battle for me is um, living in this life form knowing that it's such bullshit you know it's a game mm -hmm. so how to play this game with playfulness mm -hmm. and elegance and i really don't take it very seriously yeah but everyone else does right so how to negotiate that you know when i don't i don't really now less and less take it seriously yeah so negotiating the form-based attachments that everyone has 
with my f- understanding that this is all formlessness. Yeah, it's going to be over and, and before just, we know it. Yeah, and just like juxtaposing that, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. trying to take it seriously. What about an, er- an area in your life that you suffered the most, whether it be through childhood or through early 20s? Was there a moment or a, a stage of years or that you were suffering that you can remember? Well, I didn't suffer much. You didn't suffer much. No. That's good. Yeah, I entered this uh, with a little bit of joy. Yeah. That's great. I know most people entered through Was suffering. there like a relationship that was, you... So when I did psychology, I uh-huh. did my PhD. Yeah. You have to write papers on how did I suffer. Like, I was huh. like, what? Uh-huh. No, but then I had some some negative things. I'm like, hallelujah. <laughs> thank something. you, that uncle who tried to <laughs> you know, feel me up. Like, thank right, you. Right, like, right. Something, something to write about. Because <laughs> I had... I had pretty wholesome parents oh, that's great. but I still had society around me so mm-hmm. my suffering came from being a girl in, in Indian culture and having unconscious men all around me mm. and having to deal with that right very hard I can imagine yeah hard because I'm, women are supposed to be a certain way in India yes yes. and men you know are aggressive and unconscious and repressed so growing up um, as a girl and then grew up to be a teenager I could never fully be in my body or own my sexuality mm-hmm. because if I was too much, then the onslaught and the payback of that was too much. Yes. So I used to hide. So I put on weight. Uh-huh. I hid. Uh-huh. I was like, Protect let me just yourself. be, or just like dumb myself, dim not myself, be yeah. not be seen. And then I just waited to leave. And the minute I could leave, and then I began like wow. undimming and undumbing myself. Wow. But I dumbed and dimmed a lot. Wow. Yeah crazy yeah you have to do that to survive that's the ego yeah it's crazy yeah. okay a few questions left for you because i know you got to run but i'm fascinated here um how can a man be the best parent that he can be yeah because we've talked a lot about i think yeah. you know your experience as a female but how can a man raise a son a, a daughter with the pressure that men feel which yeah. are different than, yes than women, very right? different different not more or less, but just like Completely its own level different. of pressure. Yes, yes. So and in many ways, in many ways, men are absolved from the intensity of that bond, and they lose because of that. They lose because the man is in the doing, therefore in the head, therefore in the disconnection, mm-hmm. not in the heart, or in their you know in their penis. So mm-hmm. head or penis, but mm-hmm. there's the heart here. You know? yeah, it's like yeah. it goes around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the heart needs to be awakened. Uh-huh. And if not the, the partner, which is usually not the case, right? The partner is often bypassed. It's hard for a man to truly surrender to their partner. But a child has the potential to allow them to bypass that circuitry and enter the heart. Wow. But many men are missing that opportunity because for the first 10 years, typically of a family's life, they're out there, they're working, they have to pay for tuition, the woman is staying at home. The way it's set up culturally is that the woman stays at home. So she's losing out from the doing and the achieving that she needs. And the man is divested of the connection and the quietude that he needs. And so it's impossible. And the first 10 years are really the, the, the years to allow for that embedding to occur between parent, father and child. They lose that. So the father's just like, oh, I'll just play baseball. But that's a doing. Or I'll just wait till he can hike with me. That's a doing. The real essence of, of childhood is that zero to six where the child is not a doer yet. The child is a beer and invites us all to be in the present moment. And if you lose the first six years of entering and being invited into the child's being world, like if you're with a child zero to six, it's a trip. It's like nothing else because no one lives in the present moment like a child. Like I remember the epiphany I had 
because I would keep like wanting my child to get to bed or my infant, my two-year-old, or, you know, brush their teeth or doing, doing. And then it hit me, oh my God, everything I practice in meditation is right here in front of me. Like slow the hell down, have no agenda. There is no time and we are nonverbal. We're fully present. That's when I realized I am learning all the lessons I'm reading about or meditating about here mm-hmm. in this relationship. <clears throat> so therefore, this child is my teacher. That's when the epiphany came, when I realized all I wanted was to do to my child. Like, come on, come mm-hmm. on, come on. Let's go to the park. Let's run. Let's go <laughs> right, use right. a trampoline. Let's learn. Let's learn ABCs. Let's take a class. I just wanted to make, I was making my child my next PhD, my, my, my project. Mm-hmm. I was doing, I was very masculine. So Most parents project. are masculine. We're masculine. We have to enter the feminine, enter the heart with our zero to six. But very few parents, including mothers, are capitalizing on this spiritual jewel that's the zero to six because it's it's painful too. I mean, you have to slow (laughs) beyond slow. You have to awaken too. You have to be so full and here. And there's no payback really because they're not giving you much. No, nothing. They're just giving you love, but but they're not like intellectually stimulating you. They're not yet winning medals. They're not yet winning the spelling bee. So you're like, oh, you're not like doing anything for my ego. Why am I here? Oh, I'm here because I have to just be here. Like I have to just enter the present moment. Zero to six is the most profound spiritual transformation you can go through with a child. Mm. And we're all missing it. We're all missing it. I I almost missed it. Okay, next time you're back in L.A., we're going to have to dive in deeper on this topic because I could go on for this for a long time. But I want to ask the final couple questions to be respectful of time. This is called the three truths. So imagine you jumped off this building right now and Mm -hmm. it was your last moment. Mm -hmm. And uh, all your work has been erased. Mm -hmm. Everything, all the books, knowing this video, this interview is gone. Even erasing people's consciousness. Their consciousness—it's all gone. Erased. gone. Yeah. It didn't exist because it didn't exist yeah, in the first place, exist. right? Yeah, it didn't. Right. So, um, but you had a piece of paper right here. I'm going to give you a piece of paper, and you get to write down three lessons that mm. you know to be true mm. from all your experience in mm. life. The mm. three truths mm-hmm. that this is the only thing that mm-hmm. people could live mm-hmm. and be remembered by mm-hmm. in your message. Mm-hmm. You write it down. You jump off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> life is over. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. what would those three truths be okay. if it was the last day for you? Okay. The first one is that life is never over. Life keeps transforming. Mm. Just this form is over. The second one is that all life attachments in form are an illusion. All these attachments you're holding on to are an illusion. They will never take you to who you, it is you are. Mm-hmm. And the third one would be that the only moment and thing and entity and relationship of relevance is the one you have with yourself in the now. So you can erase everything. It really doesn't matter to well, me. There you go. I yeah. like that. <laughs> Those are good. Because it's never over. Yes. If it's meant to come back, it'll come back in another mm-hmm. consciousness. It was only form. It, everything is really formless. So just because it's my book in form, it was taken from formless energy anyway. Mm-hmm. And the only moment is now. So if it was, it, you're talking about yesterday or the moment before, I only care about this moment. Yeah, yeah. Before I ask the final question, I want to make sure you guys get the new book. It's called uh, The Awakened Family by Dr. Shafali. Make sure you guys go pick it up. Uh, where can people connect with you 
on your website or online, and you also have an event coming up. Do yes. you want to talk about that? Yes. So um, they can connect to me on my website, drshefali.com, and come mm-hmm. to my event in Long Beach, California in a month in September where I help everyone, children of parents, mm-hmm. adult children of parents, and parents to deconstruct all that I've been talking about and learn how to awaken to their truest selves. The event mm-hmm. is called Evolve, The Conscious Way, and it's a three-day sojourn and adventure into the awakened heart. Mm. So, so if they go parents, to my website, they parents can... Parents and kids. No, it's for adult children. Adult children. Or like you. Okay. Like, oh, suffering the damage of their unconscious parents and needing to heal. And for parents wanting tools to change their relationships from fear to connection. So it's three days, Long Amazing. Beach, California. I also have added a day of meditation on the 18th. So the main weekend is 15th to the 17th of September. And awesome. Then, Additional day of meditation. DrShafali.com yes. for the information, yes. right? Yes. Awesome. Yes. I highly recommend checking that out. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Before I ask the final question, I want to acknowledge you for a moment, Dr. Shafali, for being so loving, for being so giving, and for being a vessel to share such wealth of information with all of us because there's so much suffering in the world, as you know, and there's so much confusion of how to be mm-hmm. a human being. Mm hmm and how to fully accept who we are. There's so much disconnect in, you know, in American society and culture right now with different views, beliefs, everything. So I believe your message is so powerful for all humans. Thank you. To, to rise into who we're being and how we can just be better in general and really help us connect the human race mm-hmm. as one. Mm-hmm. One family, one race, one everything. Yes. So I acknowledge you for the work you're Thank doing you. and for your surrender to life and death and for just being you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I really appreciate you. And uh, I have one final question. It's what's your definition of greatness? Authenticity. Daring to live your truth. Dr. Shafali, thank you so thank much. You. Appreciate thank it. You. Appreciate it. If your mind is blown as much as mine right now, make sure to take a screenshot of this as you're listening to it on the podcast app on your phone or take a photo of this if you're listening to it uh, in the car or on your computer and tag me on Instagram at Lewis Howes. Let me know what your thoughts are. I'm going to screenshot a lot of these and repost them, uh, but I, I really believe we got to get the message out about this one. It just blew my mind. I wish I had four or five hours to dive into more of these things. We're going to have to bring on Dr. Shafali another time. But if you enjoyed this as much as me, then make sure to check out the full show notes at lewishouse.com slash 526. You can watch the full video interview. Check out her book, her event as well. Uh, all of her stuff is amazing, and I'm so glad I got to connect with her and, and learn more about this information on how I can prepare myself you know, for when I want to be a, a father someday, how I can truly prepare myself to know when it's the right time, not just because I'm feeling pressured by someone to, uh, to have children or because other people want me to do it or whatever, but to truly know that I'm ready and what I'm signing up for, what I'm you know, preparing myself for and letting my ego go and preparing myself to have the greatest teacher ever uh, enter my life, right? That's what this is all about is shedding the ego, dropping the mask and allowing to be taught something new at all, at all periods of life. So I'm very excited about this. Make sure to share it again, lewishouse.com slash 526 and tag me at Lewis House when you do. And make sure to tag uh, Dr. Shafali as well. Big thank you to our sponsors, Lift 
lift.com slash greatness. If you're looking to earn more cash on the side, make sure to check out lift.com slash greatness and get that $500 new driver bonus. Again, you can get tons of tips when you drive more and they are the ride-sharing company that believes in treating its people better. Check out lift.com slash greatness. Also, big thank you to ZipRecruiter. If you're looking to scale your team and you want to find the right people on your team to help your mission, your business grow, then post your job to 100-plus job sites with just one click by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. You can post for free right now when you head there at ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Also, the Summit of Greatness is happening in a few weeks. Columbus, Ohio, we've got some of the biggest speakers in the world. It's going to be an experience you will always remember. Make sure to sign up at summitofgreatness.com. We've got a few tickets left, so get your ticket while they're still around, guys. I am so pumped and excited to see all of you who are going to be there. It's going to be an amazing time. Make sure to say hi. Give me a big hug. Let's take a photo. Let's do all the things together in a few weeks. Columbus, Ohio, get ready. The Summit of Greatness is coming to you. All right, guys, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. you are bpm's high sweat dripping body moving tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aww. i mean just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard.